Good morning, church. Good morning, everyone. All our visitors, our members, welcome and good morning. Um, just a slight correction, guys. Sunday school's starting now and not by 10.30. So just before the word comes, Sunday school um, starts at that time. Okay, I hope you are well. You've had a wonderful week. We've had lovely weather. Um, so hopefully um, that's brightened up um, our days a bit. Um, but yeah, so let me just, um, I know that Nena's prayed, but let me just pray again um, before we enter the word. Father Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you for this word that I'm going to bring. Father Lord, we pray that your will be done. Father God, we just look to you. We pray, Father God, that you um, will direct me as I speak. Father God, you will anoint my lips, oh God. I pray, Father God, that every word that comes through, that it will fall in good soil in our hearts, Father God, that it will germinate, Father God, it will grow roots, Father God, and help us. Oh, Lord, in our walk with you, Father God, to see ourselves the way you see us, Father God. Help us, oh God, to um, trust in you more, Father God, through the word. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. Let your anointing flow, Father God. Let your presence be felt throughout. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, today's word um, is, has been titled The Greatness of God's Love. You know, when I first um, had a drop in my spirit to do this word, I thought, hmm, this is an interesting word. But when I was growing up, I grew up as, as a Christian, went, went to church, but I wasn't a born again Christian. And growing up, I don't think I actually felt God's word. You know, I and even when I became when I first became a Christian, I don't think I felt really felt God's love. Um, for me, God's love growing up and also when I first became a Christian was what we would what I would refer to as the logos, which is just a general word of God that we read. So when you read the word at times, it's just reading it. You know, it's not quite getting into your system. It's information that you're reading, you know, what's happened and how to grow in and journey with um, God. But then as time went on after I became a Christian, I received the rhema of God's love. We Sorry about that, guys. Okay, we shall continue, just as the word's taken off. Okie doke. So, as I said, when I um, first became a Christian, I didn't really feel, um, I didn't really feel God's love, but I didn't, I don't think I really talked about it. You know, people tell you, oh, God loves you. Um, you read it in the Bible, God loves you, but you don't really feel it. So for me, that was a logos, which is a general word of God. But then I received the rhema um, um, at some point. Um, and you really experience, you really see how much God loves you. And when when you do things, you really feel his love. And you you, you just think this is just awesome absolutely awesome experiencing God's love is such a beautiful thing that anyone could ever experience you know knowing that our heavenly father who is the great I am our Abba father he really loves you you he truly deeply loves you you know and in Romans 8 31 it says if God is for us who can be against us knowing that you think to yourself oh my goodness I am set 
because I've got my heavenly father that's there for me. He absolutely, truly loves me and he sees me for who I am and he truly loves me. This wretched person, this sinner, he sees me and he loves me. That is just awesome. The whole thing about um, salvation, it was born out of love because of his love for us, because he loved us so much, he gave his only son to die on the cross for us. You know, John 3.16 is a very famous scripture. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We are here today because of God's love. If it wasn't because of God's love, we would not have salvation. We wouldn't even be doing communion, reflecting on what Jesus did on the cross for us, dying for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so that we can reunite with our Heavenly Father. That would not even be a thing, you know? Who can imagine right now giving up, if you've only got even just the one child, giving up your one and only child for the sake of a cause, for the sake of something. I know I can't do that. I certainly can't imagine. I have three children, but even giving up just the one is a very difficult thing. But God did this for us because of his love for us. He wants us to commune with him. He wants us to draw closer to him. He wants us to flourish. He wants those plans and those um those um, blessings he wants them to come through if only we can just see how much he loves us and we can just be in obedience we can just walk with him and just do the things that he's calling us to do god's love is an agape love and as i said before it's shown in john three sixteen. agape love is a sacrificial love it's a love that it's undeserving in the sense that we don't really deserve it. Agape love is part of God's nature and is part of his character. Agape is A-G-A-P-E. It's a Greek word that means love. And it's the fatherly love that God has for humans. And humans are meant to reciprocate this love towards God. We don't always do a great job of it, but that's what we're supposed to do. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in him remains in God. And God remains in him. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, we love him because he first loved us. We didn't know God and think, oh, I love you, God. No. He first loved us and then we then reciprocate this love towards him. 1 John 4, it says that God is love. The, his whole being is love. Because if it wasn't, he would not give up his son for our sins. His whole nature, his whole character is love. He's a forgiven God. Um, um, God. And you need to be, in order to be able to forgive, you need to be filled with love.
the um, agape love which God shows us it's a choice that he makes. He makes a deliberate choice to love us, to show us this kind of love. And agape love is also a love which is, um, it's the kind of love show, shown when you are striving to um, um, show somebody, do somebody, do something good do something good for somebody and it's shown through and um shown through the, the way we act through um an action so it's a deliberate striving to see the highest good for another to see the something good happening in some in somebody or in something and as i said we're to love god and others with agape love not because they deserve it because it's an undeserving love. People don't always deserve it. You know, sometimes people do things to you and you don't, something which is not very nice and you don't want to um, be nice to them because of what they have done. But that's not what agape love is saying. Because even though people do not deserve it, you still um, show them that love and you still do something for them. And that's how God was with us. If he looked at our sins if he looked at the way we are towards him, we wouldn't be here today. So that's why his whole nature is love. God actually set the standard for agape love by sending his son to die on the cross for us. He set that example. So by him setting the example. So we, we know and we see how we are supposed to be. Whatever we need to do, we have seen how God does it. When, when we look around, we see God's love. We see it in nature. You know, the, how beauty is in the um, way the flowers grow, the natural things that we um, see. There's so much beauty all around. There are times when if I'm driving um, or Mecca's driving on the motorway, I absolutely love the scenery. It's just green landscape that you see at times and it is so beautiful. And I say to Mecca, this is such a beautiful scene. And you see God in that because no one has actually made that. God has actually produced the nature that we see and it is so beautiful to see. No one has, no doctors, no scientists, they haven't put it together. It's all come from God. And when you see such beauty and there is love in it, and it's a, um, there, there is love in what, what we see in nature, and you think, wow, God is awesome. He really is awesome. We see his love, as I said, in salvation, you know, um, Jesus dying on the cross for us. We also see him, his love in creation um, as well, you know, um, putting um, Adam and Eve together. His love is all around us. And when we experience his love, when we truly experience his love, we are then able to give ourselves to him. It sets us up in his kingdom. We're able to serve him. We're, we're able to do things that he wants us to do when we experience his love.
when I um when I first Mecca and I first started dating, you know, that first moment when you're um getting to know the person, you're in love, uh, when yeah, when you fall in love, you're you will do anything for that person. You will go to the ends of the earth for that person. Even with our children, we will do so much for our children because we love them. And that's how it is when we're in that relationship with the Lord, when we realize how much he loves us. We would do anything. We would do absolutely anything, serve him, whether it's in our community, whether it's in church, whether it's in our workplaces, we will do anything for him because we're not doing it for man. We're doing it for him. We're showing that agape love, that sacrificial love, that it doesn't, somebody doesn't have to do something nice to you for you to show it. You do it out of love. There may be somebody here today who hasn't experienced God's love or they haven't even realized it. Like, for example, with me, when I was growing up, I didn't realize how much God loves me. If that is you today, as you're hearing this, I pray that you will make a deliberate effort to see, to know and see and understand how much God loves you. And be rest assured that he absolutely adores you more than you imagine or think. When we go through certain challenges, it helps us to see God's love. As we're going through the challenges and God is working in those challenges and he's piecing things together, we're seeing how he's putting the pieces together in that puzzle for us. We experience, we can experience his love that way as well. Second Corinthians 12 verse 10 says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are weak, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't have access to anything that will help us in our situation. The only thing we have is God. We are then strong because God is there, speaking to us, encouraging us, helping us. For when we are weak, then we are strong. This scripture helps us to see how much God loves us, how much he wants to help in our situation, because we see how he helps us in our weaknesses. Some people might say, why should we, why should um, God wait um, for things to happen before he helps us? Why can't he just help us before we even get to that place of, you know, being weak of things happening to us? For me personally, I am really thankful that I go through hardships. I go through different situations that I need God. 
because when you experience hardships, foundations are laid and you appreciate things better when you, rather than when you're constantly handed things on a plate. When things are constantly handed to you on a plate, you don't understand, you don't experience anything, you're none the wiser. You won't really appreciate God's love. You really will not appreciate his love. But when you go through certain experiences, you're actually seeing how he's piecing things together for you. You appreciate things a lot more. So much so that you may not go back or that's you may if, if, if it was a wrong move that that you made, you will make sure you don't make the same choices choices again because you've learned from your mistakes as God has helped you through it. Throughout the Bible, God showed the children of Israel a lot of love, but that did not stop them turning their backs on him, worshiping other gods. God was always there. His, his, his love was always there for them. We see in Exodus 32, 1, it says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. They have been taken out of, the Lord has helped them through Moses to be taken out of Egypt where they were oppressed. For many years, they were oppressed. They're on the way to the promised land and they're complaining, they're being impatient. They decide to go and make, whilst Moses was there um, communing with God, they decide to make um, gods out of the gold that they had. The God that is there, the God that we serve was not enough for them. You have been rescued out of a certain situation that you felt oppressed. Crying out to him, you felt oppressed. Yet still, you've been rescued. You've seen the miracles, the hand of God. You have witnessed the hand of God, but yet still, you've seen how much he loves you, how much he wants to help, but yet still you turned your back. And that's what the children of Israel were doing, but God still loved them despite them not showing him how much he, um, ha despite them not reciprocating his, um, their love to him, he still showed them love because his, lo his love is undeserving in the sense of they don't necessarily have to deserve it for him to show them love. It's the same with us. How many things do we not do every day? We're doing things to God, but he's still, he's still there showing us love. He's still there. His love is merciful, it's kind. When we realize, we come to that place of realization of how much God loves us, how much we mean to him. We develop a certain confidence 
we develop a position, we take on a certain position. When we approach him for things that we want him to do for us, we approach him with ease and not being timid. We approach him from a place of peace and security, knowing that even if our request is not granted, knowing that it will happen in due season. We approach him from a place of trust, not leaning on our own understanding. Oh, no, no, no. As it says in Proverbs 3, um, verse 5 to 6, we approach him from a place of trust and acknowledging him to direct our steps. Even though our requests that we are putting to him may have been declined, he hasn't answered them. We know, when we know how much he loves us, we don't think, oh, God doesn't love me. We don't play victim. Oh, God doesn't love me, doesn't really care, he's not really listening. Not at all. We are rest assured that God loves us, that in due season, and it's because he loves us, that he's not granting us what we want at that time. It may be the right thing, but the timing is wrong. Sometimes it's the wrong thing and the time and wrong thing full stop. But we go along with what he says to us. And we know that what he wants for us will happen. We just need to be patient. God's love is powerful when we understand it and that's the key understanding our father's love understanding that his love is real he's not a bank account that whenever we want something we'll go and make a withdrawal we're having a relationship with him we're having a relationship with him it's it, it's like um similarly to when we have a relationship with your spouse you know you will talk about certain things oh you know I would like to do this or you know I'm thinking about this and then the other person says mm, don't think it's the right timing you're not thinking oh but I want to do this now so that's that you listen and with wisdom you um, acknowledge what they're saying and allow um, time to, to see what would happen. It's the same with God as well. We, 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 sorry, be, um, because of what they said, we, because we trust them, we know that they love us. We, we know that they're not saying, this is our spouse, by the way. We know that they're not saying to us, oh no, you can't have this now because they don't love you. Because you know your spouse loves you. You know that they've got your best interest at heart. So when they're saying, oh, probably not now, maybe we should do this later or do this now, you know that it's because they've got your best interest at heart and because they love you. And it's the same for God as well. When he says no, no to us, whether it's for a job interview, whether it's for a business, um, whatever the reason, when he says no to us, we know he has the best plan and purpose for us. As it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope. God's love is powerful when we understand it and understanding it, like I said, is the key. 
you know, my default position these days, and it's been like this for a while, and I've had to, it's taken me a while to get there, is that when things happen, and it doesn't happen according to my plan, I know that he has my best interest at heart. It could be something simple like um, when I used to be a TA and I used to cover, um, I used to cover classes. Now I would go in, there are some classes, you know, the moment you get that class, you know, okay, that class is not great. They're going to um, be a certain way. Their, their behavior is going to be a certain way and you're gonna to have to work that much harder. Your voice is gonna to have to be raised that much more. You're gonna to have to be talking that much more. They're gonna be battles um, in some of the classes. So when you go and you see, oh goodness, I've got that class. My default position when I used to see, oh, I've got a class that's not great. Okay, then Lord, I know you have, rather than looking at the glass half empty, I'm looking at it half full. Lord, I know you have a plan for me. And I know you want me to be in that class for a reason. And believe you me, more times, every time my thinking's like that, I go into a class, I see God there. I'll be speaking to somebody. It doesn't go the way, it's not as bad as I, um, as people would think it would have gone. God comes through. I'm normally, not that they behave nicely, but I'm able that, um, to speak to the class in a way with some of the students and they will respond to me. Things, it, it could be something simple like missing a train or a bus running late for something you know ever since 9-11 I don't get upset if I'm late for things um whether it's running late simply because I um during the time of 9-11 I see how God came through for some people some people were they missed their train to get to work and what happened they missed death. For me, I see it as a blessing. If I'm running late for something through no fault of my own, I think, you know what, Lord, it's fine. You know what would, what would have happened if I'd gotten there on time. So I thank you for any accidents, your protection that you have covered me from. That's the way I look at it, because I know the Lord knows best. He loves me. He wants the best for me. So it's a case of me um, just resting in him. So my prayer is, as it says in Matthew 6, 10, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is done in, in heaven. Because if I'm pushing, I'm constantly pushing my plans what I want, it will be disastrous, absolutely disastrous, because I am not God. I do not know the end from the beginning. My ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. He is God. He is my father. His plans at times means that I have to go through the fire. But did his son not go through the fire? Did his son not have to go through it? Did he want to go through? No, he didn't. He said, Lord, if you could only take this cup away from me, 
But you know what, Lord? Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Because he loves me, I know he has a plan for me. I may go through the fire, but I will come out of the other side, refined, as it says in Job, Job 23.10. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. James 1.3, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. On the other side, you will come out, um, you would have persevered, you'll be mature. When we know how much God loves us, we trust him more and we allow him to lead us. Throughout the Bible, we, we see God's love for his people, which was just um, amazing. In Numbers um, chapter 13 and 14, we see the story of Caleb and, and Joshua. Um, these two, they demonstrated the fruit of God's love through putting their faith in God. Um, we see this happening. God had, act, had actually instructed Moses to send um, some men to explore the land of Canaan, which he was given to the Israelites. This is after they had left Egypt. And he instructed a, um, a leader from each tribe, each of the twelve tribe, each of the twelve tribes, to go and explore the land and return back to him with a report. Caleb and Joshua were part of this um, group of men that went. And when and on their return, um, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, the rest of the men were spreading a bad report. Um, to the rest of the community, um, implying that they shouldn't go and possess the land. There was no point because their opposition was too strong. Numbers 13 verse 30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. There's a strong faith. When you go, what he sees is other men saw opposition, a strong opposition. Nope, can't do it. Nope, can't do it. But they saw God, regardless of what was there. Could have been a ma massive mountain. It doesn't matter. Because of how much they know God loves them. They have seen the miracles. They have seen how he took them through. They believed in God. They knew how much God was for them. So his re response was, you know what? It's fine. If God is for us, then who can be against us? We can certainly do it. Numbers 14 verse 6 to 9 says, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephone, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. 
only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. In this story, we see a can-do attitude, a loving God. They have hope. They know their God who loves them will see them through. The Lord is with us. When you know how much the Lord loves you, despite the challenges that you have ahead of you, you know he's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand, whatever what you're going through. Yes, sometimes, as I said, you have to go through those battles. You know, going around it is not going to help. Sometimes you have to go through those battles to come out of the other side refined, to come out of the other side mature, ready for what God has planned for you. God is for them and they felt strong enough to go ahead and take the land. God promised a land flowing with milk and honey and the requirement for that land was simply just to trust and follow him. Joshua and Caleb did just that because they knew of God's love. Many of the Israelites that journeyed um, went on that journey. They didn't complete it, but Caleb and Joshua did. They believed their loving father. They knew his love and they believed. They believed in his love. Sorry, I'm having malfunction here, it seems. That's it. Yeah, Joshua and Caleb believed in his love. So I can see that we're getting, okay. I'm just gonna finish off this part that I'm doing. Yeah, Joshua and Caleb believed in their loving fathers. Even when most of the leaders who spied on that land did not. They focused on the giants and the impossibilities rather than focusing on the possibilities with God. When we know that God loves us, we focus on the possibilities, not the impossibilities. Leave that to God. God's dealing with that. God's got you. As I'm sitting on this chair right now, I know, sorry, I'm having problems with this as I'm sitting on this chair right now I know this chair is not going to give way I believe I have faith enough knowing that this chair is not going to give way and it's similarly to God when we when we know how much God loves us how much he wants the best for us Whatever issues we have, we hand it over to him. We literally just hand it over to him, knowing that, you know what, we've handed that to him. And he's going to make things happen 
his way. It may not be the way we wanted it, the way we've planned it, but his way is the best because his ways are higher than our ways. Caleb and Joshua, they felt secure in following God. After all, he loves them and has a plan for them. In Numbers 14, 24, but because my father Caleb, sorry, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. This is what God said. When we know God's love, we will have a different spirit and follow him wholeheartedly. I'm going to stop there. When we know God's love, we will, ha we, we will have a different spirit and follow him wholeheartedly. May that be your portion today. May you know and experience God's love for you. May you know how much he wants the best for you in every way, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for your household. He wants the best when it comes to your ministry, your jobs, your children. He wants the best for you. And because you know how much he loves you, you will have a different spirit to follow him wholeheartedly. Your whole heart you will give to him because you know he's got you. You know he's got you. You know he's got your back. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it, as I didn't feel it before, God loves you. If there's anyone here today who wants to experience God's love, you've never really experienced it. You may have been a Christian for a while, but you've never really understood or experienced how much God loves you. And you really want to experience the love of your father. I want you to raise your hand in the chat right now and I'll pray for you. To experience his gracious love, his sacrificial love, that wonderful love knowing that he's got your back. There's a problem, you know he's there for you. You just need to know how much he wants you, how much he loves you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. I'm gonna pray. Father Lord, we just wanna thank you Father, Lord, we just want to praise you. Father, Lord, we give you our everything. Have your way, O oh Lord, in our hearts this morning. Help us, O oh God, to know how much you love us. Help us, Father God, to really experience your love. To really, truly experience your love. To know, Father God, that you're in every situation, regardless good or bad, you're in every situation, Father God. You're with us wherever we go. You're walking with us. 
You in everything we do, Father God. Help us to know this and understand it, oh God. Father Lord, we thank you. Have your way, oh Lord, as we as we go throughout our week, Father God. I pray that you will help us to see you in everything we do. You will cause us for our eyes, oh God, to be open to you. Father God, to receive the rhema of your word. Daddy God, thank you. Fill us with more of you, more of your love, oh God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Over to you, Nana.